General, would you care to step outside? Superman. Superman, thank God. I mean, get him! Come to me, son of Jarrell. Kneel before Zod. All right, folks, it's the best part of the podcast, the events. Seminars, August 13th through the 15th in Wichita Falls, and then October 15th through the 17th, also in Wichita Falls. Coaching development camp on the list, June 27th in Orlando, covering how to coach the squat and the deadlift. Then a couple self-sufficient lifter camps on the list, July 10th and September 11th, both of them is at Wichita Falls. Both of those covering the squat, the press, the deadlift, how to film yourself, and how to diagnose your own technique. We have a few spots left for our squat camp in Houston at Starring Strength Houston on June 19th. And then we have a squat and deadlift camp in Oklahoma City at Starting Strength, Oklahoma City, on July 17th, and that's with baby Huey himself, Chase Lindley. We have our new Olympic lifting camp with a few spots left. That's September 18th in Denver at Starting Strength Denver. And then for meets, as usual, we have all that USA weightlifting goodness in Omaha at Testify Strength and Conditioning. And then our classic Olympic lifting meet where we've added the clean and press in Wichita Falls on July 24th with a few spots left. Starting Strength Gyms are looking for talent. If you've ever thought about becoming a professional coach, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com and check out the coaching tab to find out the process for learning to be a coach and working in a gym. Also, Ray Gillenwater told me to tell you guys to please stop laughing at my jokes about him. Not that I have to stop doing them, but you just have to stop laughing. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. It's Friday. I mean, what do you want? Tuesday again? Two Tuesdays in each week? I'm not here to do that for you, okay? So it's Friday. So, uh, anyway, uh, we're going to do a Q&A today. we got some Q's from our paid subscribers. I'm read those first. They tend to be of higher quality. Uh, you know, skin in the game, that sort of shit. Right? And uh, we also have uh, a little thing that we like to call Comments. comments. From, from the heaters. The heaters. <laughs> These are some pretty lame-ass comments this time. <laughs> Here's right on top, right at first. This shit's getting old. Yeah, he keeps, and he keeps yeah, I, Keeps coming back. SS... Here's a, this may be a female here, Holly. Are men named Holly? It, uh, I don't think Occasionally, so. I, I probably. Guess maybe. It's uh, 2021, 
It doesn't matter. Doesn't make any difference. There's no difference anyway, right? Certainly not with this guy. SS defending its objective of making everyone on the planet fat and slow. Yes, that's our sworn objective. Objective. Fat and slow. The only thing wearing out on Rip's sweats is the waistband. I, 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 fuck. I, I don't understand it. I really don't fucking understand it. We were in the sixth grade. That what was real you, good. You realize <laughs> that since this fucking, this fucking knees have been all fucked up, I, I think I've lost about 15 pounds. It's from not training? Well, from, from not, not training, training I don't have any appetite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. I went home last night, and I had, for... When I got home, I had a tin of fish, <laughs> little, a little, a little tin of smoked herring, and some stale popcorn that I had made the night before. That's all I had. That's how I get when I don't train. I just stop. I just, I'm not hungry. Now, when we get through today, I'm going down to the glass kitchen. And get a fucking double cheeseburger with extra mustard and onions and four pieces of cheese. They have employees there? Anybody want to go with? They got, yeah, they got they got a guy working there. Is, is the now he's open? there by himself after two. Yeah, yeah lobby's open. Good. He's there by himself after two, though. But, uh, you know, I stopped by a place to, uh, by Popeye's to get some chicken the other day. Because everyone wants about two, three times a year, I'll think, you know, I'd like to have some of that spicy Popeye's chicken. is okay. It's pretty good. Yep. They, I got there. They didn't have a spicy breast. You know, like Breeze. <laughs> they had, all they had was spicy wings <laughs> and thighs. So I ordered a regular breast, two wings, and a thigh. So they handed me the shit, and I got back to the gym, and I had a regular breast, a wing, a thigh, of and a drumstick. Of course, yeah. Now, I don't, I don't like drumsticks. Yep. And, uh, but the lobby was closed. You know why the lobby was closed? Because six hundred dollars a week unemployment. Because or whatever it is, the federal government is paying people to not contribute to the economy right, now there is some shrewd fucking thinking you know and as a result the whole goddamn supply chain all the way from top to bottom is disrupted yep. the whole entire thing people can't get raw materials plywood is 80 dollars a sheet because the biden administration thinks it's prudent to pay people to not make things I went to, uh, and to not go to work. I went to J.C. Penney's yesterday, and literally the store is cut in half. There is massive just swaths of nothing, no clothes, empty floor, just empty floor. Wow! It was it was wild. It was weird to go into. You, have you noticed the goddamn Ford dealership up there on 
No cars. Uh, yeah. They don't have any cars. And the and the Jetta or whatever. It's just a, it looks like an asphalt dealership. Yeah. The you know? Volkswagen up on forty four. <laughs> same, same deal. What the hell's going on with the cars? Is there a ch- there's a chip shortage or some shit? There's that. I, but no I, saw, I saw that there's a computer shortage. Like yeah. computers are getting hard to find. Yeah, it's, this is so fucked up, and we hadn't even seen the beginning of it. Yeah. This kind of a ripple will persist for years. Well, you know whose fault it and, is, though. Oh, it's Donald Trump's Trump, fault. Obviously. It's obviously Donald Trump's fault. Yeah. He put us in this mess. He did this. You know, I'm glad the ugly him. legacy of Bush, of, of Reagan. No, oh, that was, shit. That was the pre. The wow. ugly <laughs> legacy of Trump Pence. <laughs> See, it happens. It happens all, on a fucking happens cycle. all the time. It? <laughs> Anytime there's a Republican administration that gets anything fucking accomplished, it becomes an ugly legacy. And it's weird right. how when the Democrats right. are involved, yeah. it's never their fault, even no. though that's when the economy tanks. Right, right. It is when the economy tanks. But see, if you'll think about it, it only makes sense that after eight years of the Obama administration, mm-hmm. that the economic benefits would begin to accrue <laughs> right. in, the, in the first year of the Trump administration. That's just that's the way it works. Man. That's just the way shit is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they just waited. They waited. Uh, now it's time to do it. Well, there, right. there's at least two other places we know of that ha- don't have employees. I mean, no shit. Like the chicken place in uh, Iowa Park. Chicken place in Iowa Park's closing Wednesday. They're taking the sign down. Oh, forever. They can't get anybody to work. Oh, fuck me. So it's, it's dead. It's dead. Yeah, and the brand new Mexican restaurant up there on um, Central Freeway. They built the place out. It's ready to go. Uh, my dad was talking to the guy up there, and he said, Can't get anybody can't, to work. Can't get anybody to come to work. So they can't open. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's just fucking amazing. The geniuses in charge. Yeah. You know, and it, it's not just the Biden administration. This stupid goddamn city government. Of course. Yeah. Started this process back in April of last year. Yep. You we know, also it's just citizens themselves not wanting to go to work. They just don't well, want sure. To. Well, you're paying them not to. Yeah. They're they're doing a perfectly rational calculation. Do I make more money sitting on my ass at the house or do I make more money going to work and paying a babysitter? Yep. Yeah. You know, it's just, I, it, it, you know, if the last year has taught us anything, it should have taught us that we have just criminals running the whole show criminals that don't give a fuck right about us i made a post on the board today in fact i said we're not even pawns on the chessboard we are like the grass in the lawn yep that just has to be mowed every once in a while that's some shit too yeah yeah fertilized occasionally Oh, God. Well, anyway, Rusty looks like dollar store Keanu Reeves. <laughs> now, what the hell does he mean by that? I don't think I look like Keanu Reeves He's the cheap knockoff version yeah. of Keanu Reeves. Well, like anybody with dark hair looks like Keanu Reeves. And a, sh- and a shitty beard. <laughs> shitty little thin, yeah. patchy beard trying to grow. Yeah. <laughs> okay haven't seen a video from the heart attack cafe in a while 
Uh, that was in response to uh, that was in response to the no Olympic weightlifters are not the best squatters starting strength radio. Oh, the comments in that he, were great. Oh, oh I'm sure. They were good. I'm sure. Because Olympic lifters are a little bit smarter than these people. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've never seen a heavy squat done by anyone on any SSPP programs. This is from an individual who goes by the name of Level 60 Retribution Power Lifter. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's apparently failed to pick up on the fact that we don't give a fuck about power lifters. We don't like power lifters. We don't respect power lifters. We don't like power lifting federations. We don't like people that spend $300 on a suit. We don't like you. Go get fucked. <laughs> I don't care if anybody in the world squats 800 pounds using my methods. I give a shit that your grandmother can now squat 105 and get up off the fucking pot by herself because your useless fucking grandson ass won't go help her. <laughs> but we will. That's who we care about. You can go get fucked, okay? I don't know if it was worthy of a response like that, but sometimes these people are just irritating. Well, these people don't understand what we do. They don't have the slightest idea they, what we do. Guy... They, the, What they do is they see something written mm -hmm. and they start typing. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. For example, imagine how old Rip's underwear are. <laughs> <laughs> if only he knew. <laughs> Why don't you grab that? The newest pair I, of underwear I own are about 25 years, and that's how long they've been in the drawer. <laughs> All right? And finally, has anyone else noticed the weird shit Rip does with his hands all the time? No. No. No one's noticed that. What are you talking about? No, no one has noticed that at all. It's never been noticed anywhere before. <laughs> and that's... Comments from, from the railroad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Comments from, from the heaters. Okay. Now, what the hell do you think we ought to do today? Why don't we do a Q&A? You got anything else you want to talk about before we start these wonderful questions here? Hey, how did how come you punch holes in this paper on the Just like a three-ring binder? You bought it like that? <laughs> I didn't know they'd made that kind of. Do you pay extra for it like that? I think it's less actually. Oh, well, if it's cheaper. It's left you over still from when we did the uh... You still ride on it, see? Yeah. Works just fine. Yep. Works great. <laughs> Bye.
bok choy and his buddy or the monkey and his buddy bok choy really bok 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 choy it's not the vegetable it's what chickens sound like that's where he got his name i didn't name him steph's deal anyway yeah last time you told us she birthed him she did in fact it's an easy birth (laughs) didn't take long (laughs) okay q and a oh but goddamn but first it, it really is impossible to to not appreciate the stupidity with which this entire fucking last year has progressed every single possible thing that can be done wrong that can be done for money that can be done for criminals that can kill people without the slightest even concern for the lives of the people being killed and adversely affected by this has been done exactly that way and you know what's weird it's always been this way it has and the, the really and, and the, we just saw it the really weird part is that it, you can already feel it starting to happen everybody's just forgetting <clears throat> yeah no shit and in, in another six months this will be ancient history nobody will even think about it anymore everybody be worried about what movies are going to go to climate friday change night next, and whatever other climate bullshit. change they'll rev that back up even they, though this is the coldest winter in north coldest spring in north america in 400 years they confirmed they, uh this douchebag chipman and then all of all of us just forget about all the shit from last yeah, year chipman, we start chipman who we was, start yelling and screaming he about was the guns. apologist for waco for the atf I mean, what a fucking towering sack of fucking rotting dog shit this guy is. And yet he's going to be the ATF director. Of course. course. uh, Everybody should go watch Colleon Noor's video because he took all the highlights from that uh, confirmation hearing and um, really put him on blast. Well, let's link to that on the screen. Why don't you put that on? Maybe leave it up a few seconds so people can figure out how to get to it. I haven't seen that yet. I'll watch it later. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is amazing. Uh, you know, I've got I've got friends of mine that are saying, "Well, what, I mean, what are you going to do? They're going to confiscate your guns?" No, they're fucking <laughs> no, not. They're not. No. not in Texas, at least. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. They're going to confiscate your guns if you're in Australia or New Zealand or the UK. Well, and or Canada even. But you're not going to confiscate our guns. And you know what? You know you're not going to confiscate our guns. So just shut up. They can confiscate our guns. There's no physical way to do it. Right. Well, they had everybody getting killed. Yep. You know. They're just going to make it real hard to get anything. Mm-hmm. They're going to make it hard to they're gonna make it even harder to get ammunition than it is right now. Of course, we've got a lot of ammunition. I now don't, I don't have any ammo at all. Well, that's because you shot all of the shit when you should have known better. No, I don't. I, don't, I just don't want people to think I have ammunition. Oh, oh, you don't. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I said I got you. All right. No, you don't have any, and I don't either. Nick doesn't have. No, any. I've got lots of ammunition. I've got lots of AR-15s in my house. Do you? Yeah. Come you sure it. you want to? <laughs> okay. Let's go. Come get it. Come get it.
come up the driveway. It's, that's the right answer that everybody should have. Not this, I lost it in a boating accident. So no. Everybody should, bullshit. I've got it, the, come get it. The answer is, in fact, you're not going to come get it. You're not going to come get the goddamn guns and ammunition. You know you're not going to do that. You can't hire people to do that. You might hire people to do it in California and New York. Because if you want to be a cop in California and New York, you don't care about right and wrong. You prove that by wanting to be a cop in California and New York. And a lot of people but, just turn their stuff into you know, happen. Well, a few people will, but not a lot of people. A lot of people are not going to turn in their AR-15s and their ammunition. They're not going to do that. I hope not. We also thought a lot of people wouldn't shut down their businesses. Well, we also thought nobody would wear a mask and yep. shit. You know, and I, you have to keep the mask factor in mind. Everybody put on the mask, told you what you needed to know about them. They're not very smart, and they'll do what they're told. And, they took and that's off. what the government always depends on, is those it, two yeah. things. And they took it off as soon as the government said, hey, you're allowed to take it off now. You're allowed to take it off yeah. now. You're allowed. It's almost immediate. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you go around here now. You know, you occasionally some see some fool wearing a mask, but... You know, in in vanishingly smaller numbers. You know, I mean, you, three months ago you went to the grocery store and everybody but me had a mask on. Mm -hmm. Now you go into the grocery store and four or five people have a mask on. And it's just you know, it was permission. You're right. They're obedient. Mm -hmm. They're stupid, and they're obedient. Stupidity. And willingness to obey are what a tyranny depends upon. Don't participate. Because if you participate in that, you're a fucking pussy. Okay? Irrespective of how much you squat. You know. All right. Well, enough of that depressing rat fuck. <laughs> Let's talk about all the shit that everybody wants to talk about on these questions and i you know here's here's another thing. i'm going out on a limb i'm not gonna haven't looked at these these are the things that you guys post when brie puts up the call for questions several days before on the starting strike network forum and so i'm i'm trusting you okay or maybe i'm trusting brie <laughs> to not bring me the goddamn idiocy. All right. She's a robot, or she's printed it out. I don't think she... She is like a thermostat, <laughs> really, isn't she? She just controls the temperature. What does its temperature say? Well, that's what I do. <laughs> okay, here's one from She. That's S-I-D-H-E. So those of you Gaelic speakers... Am I pronouncing that correctly? Probably not. You can't. People that don't speak Gaelic cannot assemble the pronunciation of a Gaelic word out of the letters in the word. Because it makes none of it makes the slightest bit of alphabetic phonetic sense because it's Gaelic. So I think S I D H E is pronounced she, G something like that. Anyway, like a politically correct pronoun right if i understand correctly the shift from novice to intermediate to advanced occurs because the body can 
no longer recover adequately from the additional stress required in order to progress the weight on the bar. And that's true. That's a, a, in a very diagrammatic way, that's the case. If this is the case, why doesn't adding additional rest days between workouts solve the problem? Well, uh, if an advanced lifter goes, does a heavy workout, and then waits two weeks to do his next workout, then he detrains. All right, because the further along the curve of progress, the asymptotic curve of progress you get, the harder it is to make process to make progress, but the easier it also is to lose ground. Because maintenance of that adaptation becomes a factor the higher the level of the adaptation. All right, because if training once every two weeks was what advanced lifters needed to do, I mean, that's not what happens. That's not how they work. Now, I train heavy pulls once every two weeks, heavy squats once every two weeks. But I'm not trying to make progress. I'm trying to not be dead. And it's a completely different thing. But many people who have uh, ad advanced to uh, being very, very strong under the bar with squats, deadlifts, benches, presses, have observed that after 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years of training, the less tonnage it takes to maintain your strength. Because strength, again, is a persistent adaptation. It's a very persistent. Once you build the architecture for muscle mass, it stays there persistently for a long time. Now, if you just quit training completely for 10 years, yeah, your strength is going to go considerably down. But even a guy that trains for 10 years, that, does, uh, that that stops training for 10 years, a lifter that stops training for 10 years goes back. He's not as weak the first day as he was the first time he trained. In other words, all of the – every adaptation is subject to, to attrition, right? Some more than others. Endurance adaptations are subject to rapid attrition. Strength – is not strength is dependent on not only muscle mass but on neurological adaptations that persist for essentially your whole life so and this is one of the reasons why a guy from a big long layoff has to go back and he has to be conservative the first two or three times he trains because he's much stronger in terms of capable being capable of moving the weight, then he's in shape to do it, and he's going to get debilitating soreness if he goes all the way in. Because the strength is really still there. You're just not – you're adapted to produce the force, but you're not adapted to the eccentric loading involved in in producing the force, and you get real, real sore, and it's not a pleasant experience. So we always advise you to start back slow and recapitulate the novice linear progression over four weeks instead of – you know, nine months, like it happened the first time. There's a problem at the beginning of that uh, question. What was the first sentence there? 
First sentence of the question is, if I understand correctly, the shift from novice to intermediate to advanced occurs because the body can no longer recover adequately from the additional stress required in order to progress the weight on the bar. In other words, what he's saying is it... It's too much stress, it, you need more you, recovery. You, you, <clears throat> but it's not always if that. If you're going to produce an adaptation, the stress has got to drive the adaptation, and at some point, the stress gets to the point where you can't recover from it in 48 to 72 hours. And that's why we go to intermediate-level programming and then eventually advanced-level programming. But intermediate programming is harder, the thing that everybody forgets, because they, they, they make a statement like that. There's too much stress, so I need less stress be, to, to do intermediate programming. You need more stress. So it's you, not just that— And you need more kinds of stress. That's right. It's not just that the stress is too much for you to recover from. It's actually that the stress is inadequate. You don't have enough stress. Right. But in order to add more stress, you also need more recovery. You can't get more stress in that one workout. So these these things are all converging at the end of your NLP. Right. And you need to learn how to manage that. So so if you take that argument or that premise that stress is too high, so you have to reduce stress to continue making progress, what happens with your press? Your press takes a shit. It goes backwards. Yes. So so it's not always just because you're getting to the end of your your progress that you need to that you need to 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 lessen the stress somehow so this is the problem that that all these guys do at the end of their novice linear progression is they bottom out their stress and then they they regress or they stall and then they start drinking a bunch of milk because they they interpret that that the intermediate program somehow has to be easier. It's harder. It needs to it be harder. It has to be harder. So, exactly. The, the intensity, the hardness, yep. always goes up because that's what drives the adaptation. And if the adaptation goes up, the thing that drives the adaptation has to go up, too. This is pretty thoroughly explained in the Gray Book. You know, I don't think we've left anything out about that. Uh, I think you have to understand that the last week of your novice linear progression is, uh, and the following week, the first week of your intermediate program, that first week of your intermediate program is harder in a couple of different ways. Because five sets of five across squats, five sets of five across presses, and heavy pulls on top of all of that is harder than what you were doing in your novice phase. It has to be. Because if it's not, then your strength is going to stop progressing. If you want an adaptation, and that adaptation is stronger, then the stress must drive the adaptation. And if the stress does not increase, then the adaptation will not increase. This is fairly straightforward. Yep. So that's when things start to get a little more creative. And it's not always, the answer is not always kids. The answer is not always more volume, which is what everybody wants. Your volume stress, is such fucking bullshit. No, I hate it's, that it, word. People don't it's understand just, because somebody started talking about volume and it's not volume. It's more stress. Stress can take yeah. the form of, it's a combination of training variables, which include intensity, volume, frequency, all these well, different things. So but it's Nick, more stress, got it's people, not more volume. You got people running around telling everybody that a whole bunch of volume at 30% of one RM drives 
muscle yeah, it's muscle science growth. Bullshit. It's exercise science fiction, which has made its way into the into the strength training world. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the stress has to increase, and how you do that is going to depend on who you are, how long you've been training, right. what kind of loads you're handling. Because of a high volume workout using sets of five or using sets of eight, only works when you're real fucking strong, right? But right. a high volume workout, or I'm sorry, a high intensity workout, if you're not strong, may work better. It just depends. So you, it always depends once you're out of the novice program what's yeah. going to happen next. That's why there's several versions of intermediate programs. Exactly. And by the way, this is all in the fucking book. It's all in the fucking book. We talk about. It's been in the book. We talk a long about time. light days. We talk about how to tr- how to go from novice to well, not we, but you and Baker talk about how to go from novice to late novice to intermediate and how to make that smooth. Tra- it's all in the book. It's all in the everybody, book. Everybody just it's refuses to book. actually read the book. What's not in the book is how to get bigger muscles by doing a whole bunch of reps at 30% of one RM. That's not in the book. You know why it's not in the book? Because it's bullshit. It's bullshit. But if you boys want to believe that, you go ahead and keep your Gold's Gym membership and go over and do a whole bunch of volume at Gold's Gym. But you know, if you think about it, you know as well as we do that you're wasting your fucking time. And the reason you're doing that is because it's easy. Yeah, volume is code for light. Volume is code for light. Volume is code for, and light is code for easy. Okay, fine with me, go ahead. I don't care about your training, all right? I don't care about your quads either, all right? Seamus asks, I've just copied my question over from another thread. He really wants you to answer this question. Yes, he does. This is somehow important to him. All right, listen to this question. It's going to be good. Will machines be developed that are better strength coaches than SSCs? If I work to become a qualified SSC, do I need to be worried about Strengthtron <laughs> TM making me obsolete? That's good. Well, Seamus, uh, what do you think? All right. What do you think? All right, let's here's a, here's a scenario. Let's say that somebody comes up with AI that is capable of collating all of the variables that a strength training strength training client presents them on the platform in today's appointment. All right, today's workout guy shows up, strength coach has to assess not just the movement patterns, but he has to assess the psychological condition of the client. He has to consider the diet that took place before the guy got there. There have to be adjustments made in stance width and all of the stuff that requires that the coach see all kinds of things, but not just see things sense things, know things about the client, develop a relationship with the client. But let's say, all right, that you, in the far distant future, you know, like 2312, have developed a, an AI that can do all of that. Would a client prefer to deal with a machine 
or with you. Now, I guess that kind of depends on you, doesn't it? All right? Are you worth a fuck as a human being? Are you worth a fuck as a companion? Are you worth standing around with and exchanging, you know, witty anecdotes between your sets? Are you, can you, can you carry on a conversation? Can you be a human fucking being as opposed to a piece of AI? If you think that strength coaching can be reduced to an algorithm, you are a moron. You're a fool. You're a fool. Anyone that tries to do that is a fool. All right? And does not understand the role of the person they're dealing with on the platform. All right? Now, if you're strictly online coaching and you don't actually coach anyway, all you do is re- video re- review. You know, yeah, we can probably come up with a program to replace you, and that'd be good. That'd be good. You know, if that's all you do with your profession, then you need to be replaced by a program. You need to be replaced by an algorithm. Absolutely. Because you're not really a coach anyway. But for people that actually coach on the platform, that interact personally with their clients, you can't... You can't substitute a device for that personal interaction. It can't be done, and it'll never be done. And you have to think beyond the feedback. I can tell you with 95% certainty how to fix every squat problem there is. Every single squat problem I've seen a thousand times. So with five or six different different corrections that I can make, I can fix 95% of squat problems. But that's not why people hire me to coach them. All right? There's more to it than that. So think in those terms. I think your career as an SSC is pretty thoroughly protected. All you got to do is pass the SSC. All you got to do is be a person that All people want to. People yeah, want people to pay money to to stand around and train with. Because you can't be an SSC and uh, and be a weirdo and expect to have a bunch of clients. No, you you still got to be the, the the people thing is the is the primary deal, especially especially as you get tools like this. Because this is going to happen. There's no reason that a, that a, a a device, a mirror, a phone, can't coach a squat maybe in the next five, ten years. There's no yeah. reason. You set up your phone, put a video on, and, this, and it tells you exactly what to do. Right. Maybe it yells little cues in Maybe your you ear. you put three angles, it's and not, the, the AI collates the three angles and can I, shit back the corrections you need to it do. Will do. It will do a better job than a human coach. in terms Than of, a bad human coach, certainly. No, I think it'll do a better, a better job than the I, best human coach on the technical aspect of it, but you don't have the the, the, the human interaction, which is the it's reason the that's not why you pay. Which the is coach. the reason that people pay a coach. The every spin class is still going to be full, even though Peloton can sell you a bike with a little screen on it with a right. little motivator person yelling at you. Right. Every spin class is still going to be full. 
because you right. go there because there's other people. Well, and and don't forget the number one thing we hear from personal training clients. What does the coach provide? Accountability. Exactly. You have he's he has got a slot that I have paid for open for me, and I've got to be there at four o'clock. Yep. Just so turns out that the way we do it actually fucking works. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could just turn off the notification on your little AI coach on your phone, and you're at the same spot you were six months ago, <laughs> not making any progress. Right. Right. So, all right, David Rogan, David Roggenbuck has a question about body mechanics. Why does the human body and or mind revert to poor body mechanics when the lifts get hard? Dude, these are good questions this time. Uh, whether it is lifting the chest coming out of the bottom of a squat, pushing the bar forward on a press, or dropping hips in a deadlift, we know this is inefficient, therefore harder. Yet that is what is the tendency for even experienced lifters uh, will do unless they consciously force their body into proper form. Logic would dictate that the body would want to perform as mechanically efficient as possible under the most stressful circumstances to make the task as easy as possible well this is easy this is an easy question to answer all right why does human body and or mind revert to poor body mechanics when lifts get hard because that's what it knows because that's what it's practiced movement patterns in human movement doing a squat, throwing a baseball, raking the yard. These are all embedded movement patterns. They are motor pathways that have been established through repetition, through practice. And you obviously read our, our two-factor model material on training versus practice. Practice generates an embedded motor pathway and it has been our observation, and we talk about this at the seminar that you should come to one of these days, that every time, if we make a correction to you, to your squat at 135, we make a correction at 135. When you go to 185, the correction will go away, and you will revert to the familiar movement pattern that you have previously been doing because the weight distracts you from the correction that was made at the lighter weight. The heavier weight distracts, and you go to where you're comfortable. And if you're comfortable doing it wrong, the fact that it's wrong, you didn't know. You didn't know it was wrong because had you known it was wrong, I wouldn't have had to make the correction, right? So when when we get somebody in the seminar and we've got a real bad squat, we got a real bad vertical back, upright front squat looking squat, and we make a giant correction in back angle at the empty bar and at 95 and at 135 and at 185 and at two and a quarter and in 275 for three sets across every time the weight goes up you're going to try to go back to doing it wrong and the coach working with you is going to have to yell at you and reinforce the correction that you have already made at the lighter weight 
Because as the weight goes up, you go to where you're familiar. It's just self-preservation. It's just the way shit is. And it's a universal trait in human beings. We see this every single time. And it, it takes a lot of concentration on the part of the person being corrected to retain that correction even when the weight goes up. Because you can't stop thinking. You can't stop focusing on what you changed. Because if you do, you'll go right back to where you were because that's what's been practiced. And it doesn't have anything to do with the logical efficiency of the movement. If the logical efficiency of the movement controlled the movement, well, you wouldn't be doing it wrong anyway, would you? Nobody would be doing it wrong. So that's not even a factor. It's not even remotely a factor. What the factor is is what you've been practicing, and that's what we have to change, and it's hard to change it. Okay, and the the squat is the is the is the most obvious place for this to take place. The squat is a complicated movement pattern because there are so many ways to do it wrong. Compared to the deadlift, the squat is uh, is an order of magnitude more complicated because the deadlift, the position of the heavy bar in front of your shins controls the position of your knees, and to a large extent, the position of your hips. You, you can't make the same level of movement error that you can on a squat because you could squat with your knees anywhere you want them to be. You just can't squat as much weight that way. So the squat is a much more technical movement pattern, and it requires a hell of a lot more coaching than any of the other lifts, including the power clean, by the way. Okay. And the first time you've ever you've ever tried to stand up from a squat by staying bent over is when you learn to do this movement at forty yeah. years of age or That's whatever right. it is. And the the, the, the uh, another example is the arm pull in a power clean. You arm pull in a power clean because not one time in your entire life have you ever used your hips to bring an object to your shoulders. Not That's once. Right. And every had, single had, time, if you are an experienced lifter and you're still doing an arm pull, why is that? You keep practicing because you keep practicing doing it wrong and your stupid ass coach has instead of instead of (laughs) instead of correcting the mechanical problem he just calls it a hip clean so it's okay (laughs) well it's easier than coaching yeah i understand that (laughs) god oh my so uh yeah these movement pattern things are are you you guys have to understand it by the time you have done the squat wrong for two or three thousand reps, all right, it's going to take a major effort to redo the movement pattern because movement patterns are embedded in the motor nervous system. The neuromuscular system is where the movement pattern lives, and if you give it a home, it's going to live there, and evicting it is a lot of trouble. All right. This is why if you're just starting out, you you're a whole lot better off doing it our way cuz our way's right. All right? Can you hear the screaming and yelling from the No, I ignore them. It's from the power lifting can't people. Hear them. Can't hear them. Can't hear them. It's cuz you've got those noise dampening headphones. That's also on. true, yeah. It's also right. true. 
Well, yeah. and, and we, as, as coaches, you notice this too, people who have no experience in the weight room are easier to coach than the guys who've spent a bunch of time doing stuff wrong. Once again, that's true of all kinds of things. All kinds it? of things, yeah. Shooting. Women are easier Just, to coach. Women are easier to teach to shoot a pistol than boys. Yep. And they don't have any embedded right. bad ideas yep. that they brought with them from watching cowboy movies. Yep. Or know. from, you know, <laughs> shooting BB guns <laughs> wrong or whatever. Right. Like throwing whatever, bullets. You know, throwing bullets out of the yep. out of the pistol. So uh yeah, it's a it's a that's an interesting question. Uh, but your primary problem here is that is the last that logic would dictate that the body would want to perform as mechanically efficient as possible under the most stressful circumstances to make the task as easy as possible. If that was the case, absolutely not true. If that was the case, then uh, anybody would be throwing hundred mile an hour fastballs. Yes, but anybody that did anything would immediately do it right. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's you know way. that's not true. That's not the way it works. You know that's not the phenomenology. That's not what happens. So the statement is therefore incorrect. All right. But what an enjoyable question. All right. Now, here is Davidus G. Uh, what kind of name you think that is? What is it? D O V Y D A S, and then the letter G. D-O-V-Y. Davidus. Davidus? I don't know. It sounds Dravidian vaguely, but I don't know. I don't know that for sure. So anyway, he says, hi, I know you've said you don't deal with eating disorders, but perhaps you'll have some good insights on this. What are some good eating habits or strategies to deal with under eating? Eat more? <laughs> Just chew, swallow, repeat. Chew, swallow, repeat. You know that thing they tell what? they tell fat people, which is like, eat slow, put your fork down in between bites. Do the uh, just eat as fast as you can, right? So you don't realize you're full. Just do the opposite. Yeah, you get <laughs> you get full. The faster you eat, the fuller you will get. Anything you're doing now because the do shutdown the mechanism is is not in operation. You put, if you're you eating put fast. one arm around your bowl and you do <laughs> and this shovel. as fast as fucking possible, like Jethro Bodine <laughs> eating <laughs> cornflakes, <laughs> right? What a great show the Beverly Hillbillies was. Y'all don't remember that, but goddamn, I'd remember that. Yeah. Oh man, is that there where Grandma some, falls there was off some, the top it, of the jeep, yeah, yeah. The, off the top yeah. of the truck? Yeah. She that, hits the, the tree or whatever. Nick at night, they'd show it all the time. Yeah. I'd watch yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, the, you mean the TV shows? Yeah, the old yeah, TV yeah. show. The TV show is yeah. just, the thing was ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. It really was. There was some real dry-ass humor in that in that show. And, <laughs> God, I'm funny. Uh, it was, yeah, Beverly Hillbillies. I highly recommend it. Uh, all right, he, he continues. I often find eating as tiresome as some chronic condition, much like overtraining and recovery. If I overshoot with eating, I later starve myself, for I have no appetite for food. I've tried GoMed, and that's about the only thing that worked for me. As soon as I stop it, I steadily revert back to my starting point. Don't stop it. If milk is the only way for you to get a bunch of calories in, why would you stop doing it? Yeah. This I Davidus, my friend. It's weird to see what these guys you, eat too. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You know. Like I, I eat so much and it's like a it's it's like 
eight portions of white rice and yeah. and a, a chicken breast. Right. Like, put some butter in it and take yeah. half the half Olive the rice. Olive oil, something. God, I mean, just get some. There's ways to get calories in just that don't involve good. a whole lot of chewing. I mean, one of the things you learn in the horse business is that in the winter, when when forage is down, when graze is down, and you're having to feed hay that's got less nutrient value than good pasture, and you're supplementing your horse, uh, your horse's diet with uh, with with grain, with feed, which they're really not adapted to eat a lot of. Yeah, right. They're adapted to graze, not eat concentrated food. One of the ways we keep the weight up on a horse in that situation is you oil the feed. There you go. You put a cup of vegetable oil on the feed just to up the calorie density of the feed. They can digest the fat just as easily as you can. And fat is not a load on the gut like a bunch of concentrated carbs are concentrated carbs will kill lots of horses and has killed lots and lots of horses so you do it with fat you do it with fat and you do the same thing okay up your fat intake i know this is this this heart disease the the abs crowd just are are you trying to make him fat and slow fat and slow that's what we're trying to do do? that's what we're trying to do yeah. We're trying to make an underweight male who can't eat fat and slow. That's obviously our purpose here. Remember Chase walking around with a jar of peanut butter? Yeah. And the the kid yeah. gained thirty pounds that summer. Mm-hmm. Just you know, every just every time you think about calories it, it's a going giant in. thing of, che- of peanut butter. Calories going in. Yeah. And look how fat and slow Chase is. Oh, yeah. Real slow. Super slow. I he, can out walk. Barely it. move. <laughs> yeah. He can barely goddamn move. He's like watching mashed potatoes. <laughs> That's how slow Chase is. <laughs> so here's the situation. All right. I know, first sentence, I know you said you don't deal with eating disorders. But perhaps you have some good insights on this. My best insight is I don't deal with eating disorders. And you have an eating disorder. All right. I don't know how you're going to deal with that. The, the, the physiology is that if you're not eating enough, you eat more. Now, how you're going to wrap your little mind around that is not my field of endeavor. And I don't know. I like to eat. All right? I like eating. And I don't understand why you don't like eating. Right? You're fundamentally different than me and lots of other people right i like women i don't like men i don't sit around and wonder what it would be like you know to get fucked in the ass right it's just my brain doesn't work that way and it doesn't work the same way yours does with food that's how fundamentally weird (laughs) this is all right i don't if all you can possibly wrap your head around is a gallon of milk a day then drink the goddamn milk my god son what i mean he, I, am i not being fair here no, he what, answered what? he answered his own question he, he answered his own question he's got other concerns like drinking he, a gallon of milk is going to kill him or something but he, he has other concerns you know his agenda is he knows he needs to gain some weight but he's unwilling to do what it takes to gain the weight because of his psychological situation yep. and 
I can't alter the math for you. The math is that if you're going to gain weight, you're going to eat more calories than you burn. And I mean, not just 300 more calories than you burn. I mean, a thousand more calories than you burn. And then in doing so, yes, you're going to gain some fat. You're going to gain some body fat, but you're also going to gain more muscle mass than fat if you're training correctly. And then five years from now, when you're 275 pounds of rippling muscle and you decide you want to go to the bodybuilding show then you do a cut then okay but that's not gonna happen is it the thing he needs to understand is he's gonna eat when he's not hungry if you're trying to gain weight you have to no other way there's no other way no other way you have to chew and swallow chew and swallow doesn't matter what you think about it but eating involves chewing and swallowing do that all right all right james rogers our buddy up in canada uh yeah you know, i watched your fucked up the lighthouse movie what'd you think it's fucked up right that's fucked up did you like that's it? that's the most pointless goddamn <laughs> waste of an hour and 45 minutes it was utterly absolutely fucking <laughs> I pointless you, i thought he'd be into it a little bit i was into it until they started drinking the turpentine and honey and then i thought all right this is you know this is not uh you know this is no longer even and i damn near turned it off really i really did did. you make it through it though yeah i got through it and you know and then when i got through it uh and the reason we're talking about this for james rogers is he lives up in nova scotia Mm -hmm. and and this is he's probably lived that exact experience he knows those guys in the movie he knows those he's had a job on a lighthouse (laughs) so these fucking idiots in the 1920s are running around (laughs) trying to kill each other and and then and then you know the whole damn thing turns completely to shit yeah and and eggers the director did 10 percent of the narrative work on this movie that he did on Witch. The Witch was an excellent film. Mm -hmm. This was chaos. (laughs) It's absolute unintelligible chaos. And I don't yeah but you know and I and I I read through all of the all the plot and mm -hmm. I said, wasn't that interesting? I didn't even remotely understand (laughs) from watching the film what this is trying to tell. I didn't even main no idea picked up on any of that shit all right and I'll, i'm not you know i wasn't drunk yeah. terribly <laughs> when i watched it i'm capable of understanding what the hell's going on it might on, have helped you know <laughs> but, I, helped. but i'm telling you i got to the end of this movie and i thought what in the fuck you know yeah. what in the absolute fuck i'll agree with just you. happened i agree with you it was it was, it was chaos it was but I enjoyed stupid it. i enjoyed it though it I was did. fucking I loved, stupid i loved william defoe's uh, portrayal in it william defoe is good in anything yeah he in. was a fantastic and, and i liked the dialogue and, in it i, I like the, the dialogue in it i didn't have any trouble with the dialogue because yeah. i've read things yes yeah. yeah. you know i've read o'brien and i read but you don't see you know, that i know that how often. british people talk yeah. and i've been around enough to understand what the hell they were all saying that wasn't the problem yeah, yeah. the problem was the script is unintelligible gibberish <laughs> that's the problem all right and i understand egger's brother wrote the goddamn thing but this is stupid <laughs> this is a stupid fucking movie 
<laughs> you know? I enjoyed it. I, 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 well, good. I'm glad you did, Rusty. But I, I thought it was stupid. And I can't get that hour and 45 well, minutes I, back. I'll say this much. You know, I could have spent that hour and 45 min- minutes watching Atomic Blonde again. <laughs> and I didn't do it. I'll because say you much. assholes told me. Hey, that I this, didn't. I didn't advocate for you watching the movie I because did. I knew you wouldn't like it. I did. I did. I, it was he this, did. It was this that one. That thing there did. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't like it. Keanu Reeves on <laughs> Dollar Extra Store. General Keanu Reeves over here. Dollar General <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Yeah, right. Yeah. The, the comment below that was uh, Dollar Dollar General um, Adam Driver. <laughs> I don't get Pretty it. Pretty much. So anyway, uh, back to James Rogers. <laughs> Who is the guy on this shirt? And the and the shirt he's referring to is the Harder to Kill shirt. That's Pisarenko. That's the red shirt. The red right? shirt, yeah. That's Anatoly Pisarenko. Right? You don't know who Anatoly Pisarenko is, James? You shouldn't have admitted that. <laughs> Your credibility is now shit. Don't turn any more articles in. I don't want to see another article till you. I want you to write me a bio <laughs> on Anatoly Pizarenko. That's going to be your next article, okay? <laughs> include photos. Yes. Absolutely include photos. Especially that photo. <laughs> okay, now, Eric Schexnader, who posts way too much. Way on, too much. <laughs> all right. We often talk about the applications of the stress recovery adaptation cycle outside of lifting. Do you think that the stress recovery adaptation cycle applies to organisms, organizations of people, such as a business, in the same way it applies to individual organisms? For example, I've noticed in my career that when a problem arises, everyone's efforts are directed towards getting things back to normal quickly in the same way an organism tries to reestablish homeostasis. I've also noticed that unless the problem is has a significant enough impact, further proactive measures usually aren't taken and getting back to normal is sufficient for the organization. The attitude is usually that's never happened before and probably won't happen again. When proactive efforts are taken, they are usually overkill because the organization wants to reasonably guarantee that the problem will not happen again. I can't help but draw an analogy between these observations of mine and barbell training. I wonder if perhaps there is a potential model for effective management leadership in business or other organizations just waiting to be exploited. For reference, I've only worked in the manufacturing sector, so maybe this would only apply in that context. Well, now that's an interesting question, isn't it? From our friend Eric. All right. Here is is the primary thing that I see that is different between barbell training and corporate bullshit response to a black swan event. All right. Which is what you're talking about. Or some, because if it's not black swan, it happens regularly enough that procedures have always been established barbell training is training it is a process of constant application of increasing levels of stress specifically to drive an adaptation whereas the corporate response to oh let's say uh uh 
the president of the United States giving Taiwan back to the goddamn communist Chinese. And you got a you got a facility on Taiwan and you're now inconvenienced. All right? Problem with that is you can't program for chaotic black swan events. And training is programming. Training we know exactly how much to go up in the squat. We know what to do to drive your press up. And if it takes one kilo jumps, if it takes a half kilo jump, that's what we're gonna do. Because we know what's going to happen. But in but the corporate organizational level response to a shitty situation always comes down to the people making the decisions about it covering their own asses and that is the difference the first response of a ceo is to cover his ass first response to all the rest of the board of directors members cover their own asses right somebody comes along and accuses the company of blatant sexism because they make bras right they make bras and bras are only worn by people with boobs and that's obvious sexism and some dumbass on twitter accuses the company of being sexist what does the company do they cover their ass they don't come on twitter in response and say you know why would a person without boobs need a bra so yes that's who we make bras for people with boobs right and it's worked pretty well and people with boobs like our bras the fact that almost all of them are women is really not germane to the question what's germane to the question is we make bras for people with boobs not who people with boobs are but they never say that do they no what they'll do is they'll cover their asses and how will they cover their asses they will announce the production of a line of bras for men that don't have boobs. Wasn't there a Seinfeld? Because there's the... just because that's because that's covering your ass. The brosier. It's cowardice. It's covering your ass. So the difference here is rather stark. All right, training under the bar involves programming it involves a known set of parameters with an established phenomenology that guides the process it guides the process and there is no process involved in what you're talking about here other than covering your ass yeah the analogy that he's he's trying to use there wouldn't be uh training versus uh versus an organization adapting to an event what he is equating there in terms of training would be uh an injury a layoff a surgery right. a catastrophic uh situation in your gym where the gym floods or something so that would be the equivalent of what he's discussing but right yeah i mean if if a business is going to have an objective and they have a a clear way to to progress toward that objective i guess there's an analogy there but that's not i mean it's not the same thing because there's not no. there's not planned you're not planning 
let's let's increase some stress to the system to make it better. No, because you just want to you just <clears throat> a bunch of wild fluctuation in, in right. business is not good. Well, just take our little example recently. You know, we our, our little office across the street from the gym was a damn convenient little place to to work out of. You just have to walk across the street. But we noticed the floor getting kind of squishy, and a squishy floor made out of wood indicates adverse changes in the substructure of the building. So we started asking about this and talked to the landlord, and they cooperatively came over and hired a guy to get down under there. And turns out that the whole goddamn building is rotten with black mold. All right, now I'm not particularly concerned about black mold. If you're not breathing it, it's not that big a problem. Uh, and it was contained under the floor. You know, there, there, the, the day they opened it up, it kind of smelled like mold in there, but then the mold smell went away. But nonetheless, the problem is not going to get better. It's not, black mold does not heal. All right, so the building had to be vacated and it's going to have to be torn down so what do we do well it would have been easier for us to just continue to add equipment to the building across the street you know it's handy but we couldn't do that so we had to make a change so we came out here we're at the, we're at our warehouse that we own right now and this was a lot of work to move all the shit out here and get everything set up and reestablish a new set and give you guys something a little bit different to look at than what you're used to but it was a necessary change forced by an event that we hadn't anticipated the difference between us and say uh, general dynamics in the same circumstances is there's two or three or four of us involved in these decisions and that's all and we're not interested in covering our ass on Twitter. We're not interested in what the national media thinks of us because we're small potatoes. Nobody gives a fuck about us anyway. And if I say something on this podcast, like I do about every three and a half minutes, that's offensive to some people, then those people can go get fucked. And I'm not going to cover my ass. And everybody that works with me knows that I'm not going to cover my ass. We all think the same way here, or they wouldn't be able to stand being around me. So we're in a completely different situation, and we behave more like you want us to than a corporation can ever possibly behave. Because the minute private ownership of a business venture goes away a whole different set of priorities are established and we're not doing that we're not going to do that okay is that fair yeah works for me tony linnell parham says why did you purchase real estate in colorado what was the appeal Tony, have you ever been to Colorado? <laughs> it's, it's beautiful there. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to have Rusty put up a picture <laughs> taken on my back porch in Colorado. Here it is.
Question answered. <laughs> Any more questions? Property was cheap. Was at one time. Was cheap. It was available. It's only eight hours from the house. It's 30 degrees cooler every single day up there than it is in Wichita Falls. Beautiful place. Dogs like it much better there than they do here. Steph likes it much better there than she does here. Just a, you know, that's why. I mean, I didn't buy real estate out in eastern Colorado. That looks kind of like Texas without mesquite trees. But uh, you can see, I mean, pretty thoroughly why we bought property in Colorado. All right. Trond asks, where is Starty Strength in 30 years when you are holding your Starty Strength radio podcast number 1700? Is it at all likely that I will see a Starty Strength gym opening in Oslo in the future? I, in 30 years, I'll be 95. All right? 95. You plan on being around still? I'm not going to be doing this podcast when I'm 95. You don't want me to do this podcast <laughs> when I'm 95. Look at me now. All right? Imagine 30 years added to this. You don't want to see that. I don't want to see it either. Nobody wants to see it, so it's not going to happen. All right? The but str- to your second question. The stress of 100 episodes has already been noticed. I'm not yet. Yeah. It's just aged me. Look at all my hair fell out. It's fucking gone. All right? But the better question is, is it all likely I will see a starting strength gym opening in Oslo in the future? You might. Not in the immediate future. But, you know, once we get 50 gyms open in the United States, we are probably going to be forced to start looking at international uh, operations. Uh, When we get our one-world government, we won't have a choice. Yeah, when we get our one-world government, they will dictate that we open in Oslo in Oslo or we will be murdered. Yeah. You will operate in Oslo or you will be killed. You will be shot. Would gas you like to be shot? They'll gas chamber us. <laughs> so, yeah, at that point, other people will be making our decisions for us. Well, I'm really looking forward That'll to that. That'll be fun. You'll be 95, though. You won't give a shit. Yeah, I'll be 95. Yeah. I'm just, you know. Y'all come get me. The ATF would have already killed all of us. That's true. All right. I loved the SS Radio episode about science fiction movies. Oh, good. Is that the only person who's expressed a positive? Actually, yes. I think it probably is. Nah, the comments are pretty good on it. What'd they say? Yeah, they just enjoyed it. There's a lot of discussion in the uh, in the YouTube comments on just the clips. Really? Yeah. Well, I have to look that up. I just can't. Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees with your list mm-hmm. for the Do most they? part. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Solid list. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of uh, 2001 talk and yeah. uh, Blade Runner talk. Yep. Yeah. And they say a lot of people are saying that the only movie to eclipse Blade Runner is 2001. I agree with it. I, I damn sure agree with that. Yep. You know, both of them are iconic. You can't do any better than that. The final cut of Blade Runner is yep. just it's perfect. Just, just the Mona Lisa. Yep. There's nothing. It's just 
the best there's ever been. There was one cocksucker that said it was a uh, overrated cult movie. Well, he's a cocksucker. Right, he's a. <laughs> he had to take the cock out of his throat <laughs> to say long that. enough to say that. <laughs> then he put it right back in. Okay, Fireflame, Fireflame 786 is talking about the science fiction movies. I love the radio episode. I was wondering what is Rip's opinion on anime? <laughs> like the Japanese cartoons where the eyes are like cantaloupes. Remember Ghost in the Shell? They're all blue. You know, how come all anime eyes are blue? Because they're, they're obsessed with Western America. Yeah. You remember Ghost in the Shell? It's a cool movie, right? I've seen it four times. Great movie. Great movie. It's based off an anime That's movie. An anime. Yeah, I knew it was. Yeah. I just hadn't seen any of the rest of that shit. If I you, you want to watch the animated version, it's pretty good. Well, I just... That that thing was so well done, you know. Hey, guess what? That's, Rusty disagrees with you and me on that. The, no, the, I think The anime a, was better. I, I, the anime I, was better? Well, that's what he says. Yeah, I, I genuinely believe that. The then the Scarlett Johansson yes. thing. Yes. This guy's an I idiot. genuinely believe it. This guy's an idiot. If you, y'all should have you watched the anime? Of course I have. I wouldn't okay. have an opinion okay. if then, I didn't watch it. Right? I haven't watched it. Then you're the wrong. Anime. Well, have you got the anime, or do I have to it's go to good. Netflix and <laughs> ask them to please let me watch it? Yeah, uh, I'll get you the anime if you there's want. There's some good it. anime out there. Yeah, though I haven't seen. There, there's some good anime. Mm-hmm. The Ghost well, in the Shell was real good. So I haven't seen any anime. Anime, yep. anime, anime, I hadn't seen it. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought Ghost in the Shell was an excellent film. Though. Right. Yeah. No, it's it was. one of those watch it three times kind of films. It's it, a it great was. fucking movie. I completely agree. It's an excellent movie. Excellent. Movie. You should. You should. Uh, I'll, I'll get it to you. <clears throat> Seeing how it works like Ghost in the Shell and Akira. And Akira. What does he mean by I that? I had that it's one too. Movie. Yeah. Anime movie. Oh, it's an anime movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was. Of course, I see Akira, and I think Kurosawa, but, I, yeah. you know. Inspired The Matrix and other Western science fiction films, and seeing that Mr. Ripito has access to a color television, <laughs> I'd like to know if he has ever dipped his pink toes into the genre. Uh, no, I have not. But I bet you haven't watched Yojimbo and Sanjiro yourself. Try that. Let's don't just stop with modern Japanese art. Let's go back to what's good. You know. If you haven't ever if you haven't seen every movie that Toshiro Mifune has made, then you sir are a little girl. God, I love that guy. I don't think I've seen Yojimbo Yo is a Toshiro. Yojimbo. Okay. Sanjiro. I've seen that. Seven Samurai, obviously. Seven everybody. Samurai, I've seen that. Everybody's seen Seven Samurai. <clears throat> but Yojimbo and Sanjiro are both excellent, excellent films. Yep. And a bunch of other stuff that he's, he's done. Uh, I have a question regarding front squat programming about which I would appreciate your opinion. My, uh, following a neck injury for which I am awaiting surgery, both low bar and high bar squats are out. However, I found front squats to be tolerable. Even my physical therapist is Ooh. on board. <laughs> As I agreed. 
to use his prescription for low weight and higher reps. My intention is to restart my LP using the front squat, and I'd like to know if I should add RDLs once a week for additional posterior chain work, as I will not be doing low bar squats, or is the standard deadlift and power clean, power snatch protocol still sufficient during this enforced period of front squats? Tom in London. Tom, you're telling me that you have a neck injury that does not permit you to do low bar squats, which don't sit on your neck anyway, but that you think it's okay to do power snatches and power cleans? The fuck? <laughs> okay, Rip, I enjoyed your sci-fi movies broadcast. Well, there's number two. There's two. There it is. In fact, I ordered the Blade Runner director's cut from Amazon. It's fucked up. It's the wrong yeah, one. Yeah, that's the wrong cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the final cut. And I told you that. I told you the final cut. I didn't tell you the director's cut. I said the final cut. Words mean things. In the famous words of Rush Limbaugh, words mean things. All right? I had a question. Was Dark City an underrated or overrated sci-fi movie? I know I don't know how it was rated. I barely remember Dark City. I, remember, I like I remember, it. I, I watched it a couple of I times. I remember this was real it was, weird. It's real weird. It's, yeah, it's, it cool. it's cool. It's cool. It's cool, but I don't know if it's a... I wouldn't consider it a sci-fi movie except kind of peripherally but i wouldn't consider it a classic by any means oh no 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 it's not it's just a film noir kind of mm-hmm. kind of take off uh yeah he said he, roger ebert liked it and all that shit so, uh yeah i thought it was a good movie mm-hmm. i you know i watch it from time to time uh you know the idea that the the cities out there in space and all this other shit. Yeah. Uh, acting in it was good. Was that Rufus Sewell? Yeah. Special effects were good. Spe- special effects were excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Whole new new way to do special effects. Mm-hmm. The buildings coming up. At, you know, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. No, I thought it was an excellent movie. But, uh, but you fucked up and didn't pay attention to what we told you to do. Blade Runner the final cut is what we told you to get and you just saw the word director and you assumed that what that's what we meant when we actually said something else he should watch the director's cut then watch the final cut and understand why we said the final cut yeah final cut is uh yeah we've already talked about that snark rapitoad this is just for fun this should have been in the comments shouldn't it Why'd you put it in here then? It was. Yeah, all right. She made an Makes executive her, decision. All right. Well, uh, it's Friday, so that's a good time to remind you that your particular brand of Texas exceptionalism sucks balls. The rest of us in the other forty-nine states laugh out loud at you, Trump tards. <laughs> Well, then why are you all moving here? <laughs> why don't you stay the fuck home? Stay the fuck in your California shithole and just enjoy how wonderful the Biden administration has treated you.
Last. Well, not you, Bree. Everyone likes you. Nick's not terrible, but Rusty should go back to prison. <laughs> and Snark, well, he's a fucking narcissistic asshole. But in the best way. Like the early one. onset dementia explains part of it. Cheers, I read the fucking blue book anyway. All right. It is obvious to me that you have never met a fucking narcissistic asshole. No. Because I am not a narcissistic asshole. You don't even know what the word means if you think I am a narcissistic I'm the furthest you can get from a narcissistic asshole. Right? And if you'll look that up on uh, what Snopes or whatever bullshit website you refer things to, maybe you'll learn about what narcissistic personality disorder actually looks like. I know narcissistic personality disorder. And that's not me. It's a scary thing. Narcissistic personality disorder. NPD is a problem. Yeah. In a person with any kind of authority over other people, it's a, it's a problem. Yep. It's a, it's a serious problem. But, fortunately, I don't know. You think there are more sociopaths or narcissists? Oh, shit, I don't know. Narcissists. You know, I've seen sociopathy uh, uh, mentioned as... Uh, occurring in about five percent of the population yep that's that sounds about right i believe that uh, npd i don't think it's got to be less it's, it's got to be less i don't think that. narcissists that are any good make it very far you know what i'm saying like effective ones right effective ones because they can't pull off the bullshit right yep you know yep well anyway Bree, that was Thanks, Bree. incorrect ex- executive decision. Some positive stuff about me in there. Yeah. Well, there was that. Yeah. There was that. Everybody likes Bree. That's why she put it Bree in there. Bree never said That's exactly why, That's why, she, why put she put it in there. That's why she put it in there. It's easy to like went her. right over never, my fucking she head. She never That's says what? anything. And I've never worked in a prison. She, they didn't say work in a prison. No. They said go back no, to prison. I've never been to prison. <laughs> You've worked in a jail. It's completely different. How? Remember the discussion? Bars, criminals. How? What's the fucking difference? Remember the discussion? Here, here's the the prison guard. Here's the city jail guard down here. Oh, I no. see. And then the cops up here, and then the fed the fed is way up here. The fed is up here in the brown shirts right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's the right. SA on the lapels. <laughs> Federal law enforcement is now the Sturmabteilung. Look it up. <laughs> All right. Hello. I'm still lifting weights at, weights at age 82 in my home gym at home. <laughs> Frank, that's redundant. All right. When you get to be 82, you don't yeah. hear about redundant. Yeah, you're you. allowed to be. Going well, but muscle growth at my age of 82 seems to be hard to come by since I'm 82. No, I'm just helping him out with a little bit more redundancy. I can't wait till you're 82. Oh, fuck, fuck with you so bad. Oh, fuck. He got to talk to us that he's 82. Still lifting weight. All right. Any suggestions, RE supplements, etc. Testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah. Frank, testosterone replacement therapy, you moron. This, I had to tell you that. He would have told us hit worry on. Yeah, of course he would. 
course he would. You know, he's told us he's 82 three or four times. Yeah. And he's training at home in his home gym, right. which is at his home. Right. <sighs> I just realized Bless when you're I just realized when you're 82, I'll be like 58. Yeah, you'll look real good when you're 58. <laughs> I won't look nearly as good as you did at 58. That's yeah. for fucking sure. Hey, you might even be bald by then. <laughs> okay, now here's the last one. <laughs> Mercifully, the last thing. Dear Rip and the gang, idiot pediatrician says protein powder causes kidney stones. Please refute. Why, why is it on us to refute their stupid Why would shit? it be necessary to refute, for an intelligent person to refute anything a pediatrician says? <laughs> Pediatricians couldn't get a better job. They're the, they are underneath general practitioners in the medical hierarchy. They think that lifting weights stunts the growth of children. They will say this out loud. They say, oh, everything they say is stupidity. It's absolute stupidity. Veterinarians also work with a demographic that can't tell them what's wrong. Right? And veterinarians manage to do a better job with animals than pediatricians do with your children. So... Uh, here's the background. I don't read as much of this as I can stand. A friend and his 16-year-old asked me to help the kid put on 20 pounds this summer. I'm just a guy that lifts, not a coach or anything. Kid plays baseball, soccer, year-round, active outdoors. 5'9", 145. Nothing helps him gain weight. Explain the basic principle of excess calories, muscle growth. Uh, active as yeah, 3K calories a day, can't train because he works out a baseball team, idiot coaches have him doing a bunch of stupid shit like front squats. So I figured out help him with diet, he scoffs at GoMed. So I tell him, let's track your calories on MFP and start you at 4,000 a day and no less than 150 grams of protein. Advised, he probably doesn't, he probably needs to get some whey powder because he eats like shit, won't eat enough as little meat as he eats so his mom says his pediatrician said protein powder causes kidney stones she might as well have said protein powder causes hyperinflation <laughs> well and what I, 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 you know what she needs to explain it ask her to explain how does it uh, doctor exactly what is a kidney stone and how does whey protein produce a kidney stone what is the mechanism by which that occurs well you know and, and he'll he'll flounder around for a minute and he'll come up with something like well you know uh most kidney stones are calcium oxalate stones he won't know that he won't. but he won't he won't know that they're, they're calcium oxalate stones and uh you know, component of calcium oxalate is calcium, and whey protein is derived from milk, and that has calcium in it. And it's so in powdered form. So there you go. It's in powdered form. And that'll suffice as his. Uh, that'll suffice as his fucked up explanation. All right, here's a to, to, to deal with the actual question. Here is that uh, it is 
First, it's not necessary to refute what a pediatrician says because the default assumption of anything a pediatrician says is wrong until he's willing to prove it to you, and he's not because he can't. Second, if you've got a kid that you're trying to help that refuses to do what you tell him to do, spend your time elsewhere. You told him to drink a gallon of milk a day, and he goes, ooh, icky. Let him stay skinny and weak. Fuck him. Not everybody gets to be good at things. Right? You're wanting him to be better does not mean that you have made a wise investment in your emotional situation here. All right? Get rid of the kid. I told you to drink a gallon of milk. You can't do this one simple thing. I'm not asking you to drink a gallon of nitric acid every fucking day. I'm asking you to drink a gallon of milk. Drink a quart of milk at a time. Drink a, drink a pint of milk eight times a day. It's not that big a deal. I'm not asking you to cut off your leg. You know, I'm asking you to just drink some fucking milk. And you won't do that? Well, then stay skinny. Yeah, who decided that the kid shouldn't be skinny? Did the kid decide? Because I doubt it. The kid decided he shouldn't be skinny. Then he ought to be wanting to do what... Uh, what he's being told to But do. this has all the hallmarks of a... <clears throat> stage mother doesn't it of course and and a guy who's wanting to help and he's a little and guys old, wanting to help his buddy son you know yeah, a little just, nah, you're just wasting your time from, man wasting your time walk away from it gotta have a little kids gotta have a little personal investment if he can't manage to choke down a gallon of milk a day <laughs> uh maybe he could eat birthday cake with his milk <laughs> It's easy to eat cookies and milk. You could eat cookies and a gallon of milk a day. Yeah, I could. Remember the remember the Shaft movie where the <laughs> where the guys in the, in the front seat and Shaft's talking to him through the door, and the guy's got a a gallon of milk and a box of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Shaft's talking to him. The guy says, "You want some milk?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck! That's a great movie too. Fuck, that's fun. All right. So, anybody else got anything else they want to talk about? Let's see. We get any calls while we were here? No. Didn't get a call. Got a message or two. Ben Gillenwater always sends me pictures of cars or something. <laughs> He thinks I'm interested in. <laughs> but I don't have anything to add to that. How long are we here? <clears throat> Hour and 30 Hour and or 30. so. Man, these are getting longer. You know? You think people are listening to us at this point? Ben did text me saying that he never seen Blade Runner before, and he's watching it because of us. He's never seen, He'd never seen Blade, Blade Runner. Blade. That blew my fucking mind. Neither one of those guys had seen 2001 either. When we were out what in are these guys California, doing? we what? sat down and watched it. Oh, that's right. They're from California. Oh, they're from California. They don't know hardly anything. <laughs> yeah. Because growing up in California, if you don't learn anything else in California, you learn that you know everything. That's Brooklyn's the same way. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all we got. 
All right, so until next time, keep your head out of your ass. And we'll see you Friday right here again on Starting Strength Radio. <laughs>